All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today on Black Friday, I got a sale of my own dropping knowledge for free. We're going to be talking about Calvin Ridley's future. We've been taking a visit to McGarry Island, talking about the Falcons defense coming together all today on today's Q&A mailbag Black Friday episode. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com, RIP, still going strong, however, on Twitter, at Falcons, Falcfans, putting up weekly content over at the Falcoholic, the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons, and of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, or daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Falcons is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind in daily's fantasy sports platform, where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. So, guys, I want to thank all of you that make Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. And, of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, as well as free and available on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Falcons on your preferred podcast platform, as well as on YouTube. And if you do on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment. Make sure you give us that like. So today's episode is a Black Friday Q&A as you guys are out shopping or just hanging out, eating leftovers, uh, as you can tell i'm in a different place at my parents house recording this episode over the thanksgiving holiday weekend and we're going to be dropping knowledge for free here on locked on falcons answering your listener questions uh, we're going to have uh, one big one to start the show off talking about calvin ridley's future and sort of what him being on the non-football injury list means for his future, particularly his contract. Then we're going to take a visit back to my own stomping grounds at McGarry Island, because again, a lot of you guys have questions uh, about the Falcons' offensive line, and and some of you again, you know, keep insisting that you know I, I you know I give Jalen Mayfield too much grief, and I will for the 475th time on the Lockdown Falcons podcast explain why exactly that is, and then we got some more questions about. The Falcons drafting a quarterback, whether it's his defense is coming together and what is sort of the ideal uh, Thanksgiving meal. But with that being said, let's jump into that first question dealing with Calvin Ridley. And it comes from Jim C. And he sends an email saying best wishes to Calvin Ridley to overcome the obstacles that he is facing with each passing day from the team and each no update on Ridley have to think he may not return the season. My questions are, does he continue to get paid while away from the team? Two, if he does not return to play this season, can the Falcons nullify his contract? Three, if he moves to another team, will the Falcons receive compensation? And four, at what point do the Falcons move on from Ridley at the end of the season before the draft? Thanks for helping us all understand this tough situation. That comes from Jim C. So the first answer to your question, the rules of the non-football injury list are such that the NFL team does have the right not to pay a player if a player is on that list, uh, but can if they want to. And essentially the rules are such so that the NFI uh, list, that non-football injury list or the non-football illness list uh, basically is meant to that if a player, let's say, gets hurt, uh, you know, jet skiing away from football activities, shout out to Rod Coleman, 
uh, and the team gets pissed off that the player did something, you know, reckless or whatever the case may be. In that case, they have the opportunity to not pay him as like basically punishment for that. In Ridley's case, I would imagine that's not what the Falcons are going to do. That would be a very bad look for the Falcons. But theoretically, yes, the Falcons could elect to not pay Calvin Ridley's $2 million base salary this year. Um, you know, your second question, if he doesn't re- t- turn this year, can the Falcons nullify his contract? I don't know if they can. I don't think he can. Um, I do know that a player that is on the NFI does not accrue a season towards free agency. Ridley has already played in five games, and in order to get credit for a year towards free agency, you got to play in six games or at least be on the active roster for six games. So basically what that means is Ridley has to come back for at least one more game this season, and whether he plays in the game or not, as long as he's on the uh, 53-man active roster and off the NFI, uh, he will get credit towards free agency, and that would mean that 2022 would be the fifth and final year of his contract since the Falcons already exercised that fifth year option uh, worth roughly around $11 million. Last I checked uh, that he's due for the 2022 season. But if he elects not to return this season, then he will not get credit uh, for this season, I believe. And I believe that will mean his contract will toll. And so instead, he will then have to play 2022 under basically the same rules as his fourth year contract. And then 2023 would essentially be the fifth and final year of his contract. And so he would be a free agent a year later, essentially. Uh, As for your third question, would the Falcons receive compensation? Um, Given that Ridley is under contract for another year, if he were to move on from another to another team, presumably it would only come via trade or the Falcons releasing him. And obviously um, if they released him, they would get no compensation. I don't think the Falcons are are going to do that. Uh, So if they were to trade him um, at some point next year, then yes, they would get some form of compensation. But uh, I, I don't think this is a, ploy for Calvin Ridley to get out of Atlanta. If he wanted to get out of Atlanta, then he probably would have asked to get traded before the trade deadline, uh, as opposed to, you know, faking an injury, as I, I think a lot of Falcon, I've, I've seen a couple of Falcon fans suggested that maybe there's something else going on here. And, you know, this would just be the wrong way to go. If, if all he wanted to do was just leave Atlanta, this would be like the 450th best way to do so, of faking mental illness to do so. So uh, I, I would not, you know, if, if that's where you're sort of headed in that direction, Jim, I, I would uh, be a little skeptical there. For your fourth and final question, uh, when do the Falcons move on from Ridley? Um, again, this is just guessing at this point in time, I would imagine he will play out the rest of his contract. Now, whether that's 2022 or 2023, obviously depends on unknown factors and variables at this point in time, which uh, are dependent on when Calvin Ridley or if Calvin Ridley returns this season. Um, you know, six months ago, I would have said, yeah, Calvin Ridley is probably going to play out this season and we'll get be in line for a contract extension next off season, you know, somewhere in the 18 to $20 million range, which is sort of the market for a high end number one wide receiver. But that was also with the assumption that a lot of us were having uh, myself included that he was going to be poised for a big breakout season and, you know, have 1300, 1500 yards receiving or, or whatever the case may be. And obviously that is not the case. So I, I don't imagine the Falcons moving on from Calvin Ridley this off season. It's possible. Certainly again, depends on factors and variables are unknown at this point in time. Um, But I I think right now the Falcons will probably keep him around for another year because, again, you know, they don't have talent. So they're going to let one of their most talented players walk out the door for nothing. I I would 
be hard pressed to see uh, that happen. So I think they're going to probably try to keep him uh, for next season, see if he can, you know, live up to that, uh, those expectations that we had six months ago for him in 2022. And, and if that's the case, and they can revisit the topic of extension or potentially letting him walk uh, via free agency after that point. So that's kind of where I'm at with Calvin Ridley. But again, there's a lot of moving parts at this point in time, and this is just guessing at this point. So a lot of unknowns at this point. So we will move on and take another trip to Kayla McGarry Island, talk a, a little bit more about why I tend to defend Kayla McGarry, why I give um, Jalen Mayfield so much grief, you know, ranking some of the Falcons offensive linemen, you know, why McGarry hasn't shown progress, all these various things. So we'll get into uh, uh, that as we continue today's episode. But before we get there, guys, I want to tell you about Stat Hero. No one likes playing daily fantasy fo- sports to lose. And, you know, winning feels so much better. And traditional fantasy sports are sort of a long-term losing proposition uh, because you don't know who or what you're going to be up against. And Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where you are versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate and you decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. So our next question comes from Jeremy at Jeremy 95281709 on Twitter. He asks, Aaron, I'm curious, why is it that you rather than the Falcons continue wasting money? Why is it that you rather the Falcons? Why is it that you rather the Falcons? I'm sorry, I can't read, guys. Uh, long-time listeners of podcasts know I can't read. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. I was, I was paid to lead, not to read. Um, why is it that you rather the Falcons continue wasting money on Kayla McGarry who has shown no improvement since he was drafted back in 2019 draft and caused a lot of blown up coverage, especially in the last two games, Cowboys and Patriots, but you never have anything bad to say about him, but you are so dead against Mayfield the whole time was drafted this year and thrown right into the middle of this crap show. And to me playing as expected, especially in his first season, but you sit and hate on Mayfield so freaking much, but McGarry who has way more experience, but still trash, nothing bad to say about him. Um, because McGarry has actually shown progress and, you know, it's just not the progress that you and most fans expect. Uh, The progress that you guys expect him to be is you essentially expect him to be, you know, lights out and and never get beat ever again. But as I've pointed out several times this year, you know, you have to adjust what your expectations are. If your expectations are Caleb McGarry is never going to get beat, he's never going to live up to that standard. Um, If your expectations are Caleb McGarry is much better uh, against the premium competition today than he was, you know, as a rookie in 2019, then he has by and by all means shown progress. You go back to the week two game against the Bucs and Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett routinely abused him in previous matchups where Shaq Barrett looked like the best player on the football field. And then this past year going up against the Bucs was mostly non-issue in that game, at least as a pass rusher. His only impact in that game was really as a, as a, in coverage as an interception guy. Um, then the following week, McGarry had a rough outing against Azizo Jalari, and so that sort of soured people on that. But then the next week, he shut down Chase Young. Um, and then the next week, John Franklin Myers of the Jets got the better part of him. So you had these ups and downs, but 
you know, then you had Jason Spriggs stepping in against Miami and then McGarry came back with the expectation that he was going to get a lot of help against Carolina's edge rushers and Brian Burns, a player that he routinely struggled against uh, in previous outings against them. And Hassan Reddick, uh, you know, two of the more productive edge rushers in the league, Falcons didn't give him really any help and he had really no major issues against those guys. Um, then you saw him go up against Cam Jordan the following week, and that's another player that has given him trouble. And for most of that game, Cam Jordan uh, was not an impactful player. And then the one impact play that Cam Jordan had in that game at the end was really primarily against Jake Matthews. Um, and then, you know, the last two weeks against the Cowboys and, and, and Patriots, contrary to popular opinion, Caleb McGarry has been okay in those games. Now, he looked awful in that one play that he sack he gave up to Michael Parsons. He looked awful in that one sack against Matt Judon. But outside of one play out of, what, 100-plus, 100 120-ish plays, you know, or two plays, I guess, combined across the two games, he was fine, right? Again, not great, not awesome, not incredible, but, like, not really a problem. You barely noticed him. Um, and so, like, to me, the issue with Caleb McGarry is – as you say, in your eyes, Mayfield is living up to expectations. But for me, McGarry's on, on track for my expectations. He's not going to be Jake Matthews. He's not going to be Lane Johnson. He's not going to be Ryan Ramchek. He's not going to be Willie Anderson for some of you old school uh, Bengals fans out there. The, the one of you that has <laughs> listened to this episode. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be a Rob Havenstein type of player. That's the Rams right tackle. And he's on track to be a Rob Havenstein type of player. He's still got to clean things up. He still needs to be more consistent. But if you look, if you track his progress, if you know what to look for, you see that from him. And that's why I give Caleb McGarry a lot more slack because basically every time he gets beat badly one time in a game, y'all want to sit here and bench him. Meanwhile, Jalen Mayfield's getting ripped a new one half a dozen times in a football game. Jalen Mayfield's a massive liability, right? You know, Arthur Smith's not going to tell you, he's not going to come out and basically accuse it. But part of the reason why Arthur Smith's play calling has been so conservative is because he knows that by passing the ball more, particularly on first downs, which you can arguably say that that would lead to a lot more success for this offense, he would be putting Jalen Mayfield in a bad spot. Like Jalen Mayfield essentially breaks their offense. Jalen Mayfield through 10 games has given up 40 pressures, guys. 40 pressures, right? Caleb McGarry's giving up 22. Now, 40 pressures may seem, okay, like what's the context for that? Well, if you go through the pro football focus areas, they got 15 years of data, guys. Um, almost every single year with a few exceptions across that 15 years, the worst guard in the NFL gives up 45-ish pressures, around 45 pressures across 16 games. Jalen Mayfield has 40 in 10 with seven more games to go. He's on track to give up like 70 pressures. The Falcons have never had an offensive lineman other than that one season of Lamar Holmes playing left tackle in 2013 where they have a, a single lineman uh, give up more than like 50 pressures in a season and certainly not a guard, right? And Caleb McGarry is like, I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen Mayfield's like two games away from that. He's a massive liability, guys. To me, the question is going to be, given the, the fact that Jalen Mayfield is holding back this offense in a major way, and again, it's not some personal vendetta against Jalen Mayfield. It's just the facts, guys. It's just the straight up facts, right? He is by far the biggest liability on this team. And, and if you're saying this is what you expected Jalen Mayfield to be, you know, playing at a historically bad level, not only as a NFL guard, but also as a Falcon offensive lineman, then my God, man, you know, like, what are you, what, what are we talking about here? So for me, look, as I said, at the beginning of the year, the Falcons put Jalen Mayfield in a terrible position. They set him up to fail. 
And so to me, the question is going to be, this is the big question that I have, one of the bigger questions I have heading into this offseason. Are they going to realize their error mistake, or are they going to sit here and try to save face with a third-round pick that they drafted and basically say, well, let's, you know, he showed progress over the course of the season, and let's give him another opportunity to be a starter? Or are they going to sit here and say, yeah, it was a bad plan, you know, we didn't want to abandon ship as a rookie because we knew that would be a devastating blow to his, you know, confidence or whatever the case may be. We wanted to ride it out to see what the rest of the season is. And it's a, you know, it's a long-term rebuild. So I guess you can make that choice. But to me, the question is going to be, does this team decide to seriously invest in a veteran left guard this offseason? Or do they just, you know, go back to the Jalen Mayfield? Well, again, again, it's nothing personal against Jalen Mayfield. It's just this is just the reality of the situation, guys. Like, he is breaking their offense. He, you know, I'm not going to sit here and blame all their offensive problems on him, but the, the fact is that they are doing, Arthur Smith is doing pretty much everything in his power. If you want to give Arthur Smith any credit, he is doing everything in his power to basically prevent Jalen Mayfield from continuing to break their offense. Caleb McGarry is not breaking their offense. I know he has a bad rep, you know, every other week or whatever the case may be. And he's had plenty of those this year. And again, I'm not trying to sit here and say Caleb McGarry is not without his faults. He's got a lot of the same problems. All right. Slow feet, short arms, limited athleticism. You know, he's been very unreliable as a run blocker this year. He's got a lot of issues, right? But relatively speaking on a scale from, you know, if Jalen Mayfield's here, then Caleb McCary's like way up here, guys. He's off the screen for most of you guys watching it on YouTube. Like it, it's not even a comparison. But you guys want to sit here and act like, oh, if we replace Caleb McGarry, it's going to magically fix our offensive line. It's not, guys. It's not. I'm, I'm just sitting here spitting facts to you. So you can either accept that and, and and you know, move on, or you can just, you know, continue to keep pretending that Jalen Mayfield's just going to magically figure it out. And, like, you know, we, we have a question coming up from Bong Africanism. He says, why don't we move Mayfield to right tackle? Bench McGarry and put someone else at left guard. I think Mayfield could be a solid alignment in time, but might as well start playing at the position he played in college. The reason why they don't put him at right tackle, guys, because he would be a worse right tackle than Caleb McGarry. As I said after the draft, Jalen Mayfield's issues are the same issues that Caleb McGarry has, but they're worse. He's dialed up to 11. He has slower feet, worse technique, you know, worse athleticism. Like changing him to right tackle, he would have never lasted as a right tackle. The Falcons figured this out in the summer. That's why the minute uh, Caleb McGarry got healthy uh, after missing the, the early part of training camp, there was no competition. We, 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 you guys sat up and hyped it up. Oh, there's going to be a competition. There's going to be no. The Falcons realized that Jalen Mayfield cannot uh, stick as a right tackle. So, he, you know, the question is going to be, do they give him another opportunity to start or do they do the right thing and and bench him in the offseason and bring in someone who's better? That's the bottom line. So uh, we got another question from, you know, Ari Gold at Lax Ned. Yes, rank our current starting offensive line from who you think has played the best to who's played the worst. So one is Chris Lindstrom. Number two is Jake Matthews. And there's a big drop off. And then it's debatable, you know, between Matt Hennessy and Kayla McGarry. Right. I would probably give the slight edge to Hennessy because I, I just don't think he's had the same level of inconsistent. Like Hennessy's probably been a little bit more consistently average than McGarry. Like you get some good games from McGarry, again, contrary to popular opinion. And then you get some really bad games from McGarry and you just have to it kind of balances out to be average. But Hennessy's probably a little bit steadier in, in terms of average or below average or whatever case may be. So it's kind of a toss up between those guys at three and four. Um, you know, I consistency wise maybe Hennessy gets the nod but probably in terms of being actually good you know I think when McGarry has been good the handful of times he's been this year like you know he's been legitimately better than Hennessy and then you know of course there's another drop off to Jalen Mayfield at five it's not even a conversation so um you know there we did took another trip down McGarry Island I, again I, I hate being on this island but it's just like 
watch the film. Like, it's so obvious. Like anybody who watches the film on a regular basis knows there's not even a conversation on if there's one offensive line change that you can make. It's obviously Jalen Mayfield. Like, it's not even a conversation, right? Again, I'm not trying to sit here and say Caleb McGarry's a great star. He's a long-term asset. Like, to me, I think he's shown growth, as I explained earlier. I, I want to see him with another year under Dwayne Ledford, a, a allegedly good offensive line coach, to see what growth he can show uh, next year. And if not, then the Falcons move on. It's no big deal. But certainly, if you're asking me who would I much rather see starting week one of 2022 than uh, between Kayla McGarry and, and Jalen Mayfield, come on, it's not even a conversation, really. I mean, it shouldn't be a conversation for anybody else, but I'm sure, you know, people are going to be like, hey, he's young, give him a chance. And it's like, okay, you just wait, you know, I don't have, I'm not wearing my watch, but like, just wait a year or two from now and you guys are going to figure it out. You're just not there yet because you're not watching the film, but it's fine. It is what it is. Let's move on uh, and get into more listener questions about whether this defense is starting to come together, whether the Falcons should take a quarterback next April and what is the ideal Thanksgiving meal. But before we get there, guys, I want to thank you for making lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And of course, I always have recommendations for your second listen. And of course, if you're local to Atlanta, Georgia sports scene, of course you got the lockdown Braves podcast, lockdown bucks, Sorry, Locked on Hawks Cop podcast. I don't know where that came from. Um, you know, Locked on Bulldogs podcast. You can check out all those shows on a variety of podcast platforms, including uh, Apple, Odyssey, Google, and Spotify. And of course, Locked on Braves and Locked on Bulldogs are also free and available on YouTube. So go subscribe to those channels as well. Uh, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, has a Black Friday sale this Friday through Sunday only and two new flavors of ruby chocolate and lemon dip cheesecake all through Black Friday. We can get at least 20% off anything and everything at built.com. All you got to do is use the promo code locked 20. A built Black Friday weekend isn't complete without the word free and buy any box of built bars through Sunday and you'll get two of their brand new candy bars built crave for free built has finally done it. They've come up with a candy bar that is a great alternative to that bar that claims to satisfy your hunger. It's a caramel flavored chocolate loaded with peanuts, giving you that nutty chocolate. Mm, oh, so good candy bar taste. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar, 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars at all at Built.com. Plus you can get 60% off of Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter the code LOCK20 at Built. Com. It's Thanksgiving weekend and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this weekend and every weekend. Falcons-Jags line did move, like I said, it would. Falcons are now favored by two points heading into Sunday's action. And you can take advantage of this new line by heading over to the new updated desktop or mobile website at betaline.ag. Sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. And it's not just football. BetOnline has you covered for pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available at BetOnline, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, they're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So let's get into the final portion of today's Black Friday Q&A. And our next question comes from Burned Backhouse on Twitter. He asked, the focus of the last two games was rightfully on the meltdown on offense, despite the ugly result. It might be worth to look 
at the improved defensive performance against New England, three sacks, one interception, 308 total yards, 33% third down conversion, and basically 19 points allowed. Look like a solid showing against a playoff caliber opponent. Do you think the unit has turned the corner and finally made strides to become the D we hoped for when the team signed peace? Yeah, I think that, you know, the defense did an outstanding job against the Patriots, relatively speaking. Um, you know, they did more than enough to win that game. The offense that showed up. So it was a great performance, but it's it's one performance. And, you know, I, I've been <laughs> arguing with Falcon fans for five years now, ever going all the way back to that week four Carolina game in 2016 about whether or not the defense is, is finally going to come together. So I need to see it a little bit more before I'm ready to declare that Patriots game anything more than a one-off if they come out here and hold the Jaguars at like 10 points or something like that um then you know we can start talking um if you know when who we play next Tampa Bay or Carolina whoever it is if they can you know hold Tampa Bay to under let's say 30 um or probably under 27 let's go with 27 as the benchmark um then you know I will start to be like okay maybe this defense is 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 doing something so I, I just need to see more from uh jones at damn damey on twitter he asks, uh what's up i'm a falcons fan i just want to know if you think we should be looking into drafting a quarterback this upcoming draft and who you think we should grab i'm thinking malik coleman out of louisville should shows glimpses of teddy bridgewater and also lamar jackson at times wondering if you think our offense will be able to help him improve as a player and take him to the franchise caliber player if he is given the chance in atlanta well you know, Atlanta is a great place for reclamation projects, you know, just ask Josh Rosen. Um, so, yeah, I think Atlanta is the perfect place for him. Um, I'm being sarcastic. I don't I don't know enough about this upcoming quarterback class. I've watched the pit guy. He's the one guy. But, you know, there's rumors that he's going to be a first round pick. So he's probably going to be off the Falcons radar because I don't see them taking quarterback in round one. Day two certainly is a possibility. As as you're asking me, should the Falcons take a quarterback? I don't know. I haven't watched these quarterbacks. And when you ask me should draft-related questions, I'm not going to be able to answer those in November. Uh, maybe I'll be able to answer those in, in March once I've actually sat down and, and really dug into this draft class when you ask me should. Now, if you ask me will the Falcons take a quarterback, I think they probably will. We'll just sort of have to see how that goes. But, uh, you know, any sort of what do you think of this prospect or whatever outside of maybe a handful of guys? I can't really answer that. Uh, Devin R sent an email saying, what's up, Aaron, if the Falcons were to enter rebuild mode for two to three years, would you rather have Matt Ryan at the helm of the ship at the end, or would you rather have a new quarterback in his place, whether from drafting or free agency? Thank you for being a realist among extremists extremists. Yes. That's what you all are. <laughs> um, theoretically. Yes. I, I would prefer to have Matt Ryan there. Uh, because technically, or at least theoretically, his floor is should be higher um, than probably 80 to 90 percent of the alternative options that the Falcons could have at the quarterback position. But, you know, un until we start seeing that play out in field and, and to, to me, that means the Falcons having winning records and, you know, winning nine, 10, 11 games each and every year, then, you know, that's a, just more of a theory than it is a reality. Um, and if instead we're looking at a ceiling where the Falcons, um, you know, where, where the floor is much lower and the ceiling is actually below that number uh, of nine, 10 wins, and we're looking at seven or eight wins. And that's kind of what it looks like right now for this season and, and probably next season with a significantly harder schedule than what they have this year. Um, it, to me, it's, it's hard to really justify keeping Matt Ryan. Uh, if, if they can't get the results on the field, you know, at this point in time, paying the premium, because if, you know, you can, you can basically have Tyrod Taylor as your starting quarterback and be expected to win six or seven games a year. Um, and you, you'd be saving like 60 cents on the dollar. 
Uh, and so that would be huge benefits to surround your, your team with, with talent. So again, I'm not sitting here suggesting that the Falcons should get rid of Matt Ryan and replace him with Tyrod Taylor. I'm just sitting here saying like, I would rather have Matt Ryan, but I don't, you know, what I'd really rather have is the team winning games. And at that point in time, I don't really care who the quarterback is if the team's winning. Um, the Turkey supremacist at South breeze 706 says, are there any other coaches tasked to do more with less than Arthur Smith on offense? I know the Ravens had a lot of injuries, but also have a seasoned staff. Well, I mean, if you watch the Thursday uh, Thanksgiving game between the Raiders and um, Cowboys, you saw the Raiders coaching staff do perfectly fine. They beat the Cowboys. They put 36 points on the board. And contrary to popular opinion, I know you guys are going to sit here and tell me that the Raiders have much better talent on our offense than the Falcons. No, they don't. Right. Um, you know, I know Josh Jacobs is more talented than any of the Falcons running backs, but the Raiders have still with Josh Jacobs on the team have one of the worst running games in the NFL. And, you know, it's slightly better than the Falcons. Like some metrics may put the Falcons at 31 and the Raiders at 25. Some put them at Raiders at 29 and the Falcons at 32. You know, it's like it's the difference between, oh, if you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback versus Davis Mills, you're in such a better place. You're not. You know, they're both untalented guys that shouldn't be starting games in NFL and the Falcons and Raiders both have two of the worst running games in the league. The Raiders is slightly better than the Falcons, but it's not good. Not certainly good enough to be the difference between scoring 36 and three points. And then you look at the the offensive line. The Raiders don't have a good offensive line. They have one good offensive line. It's their left tackle, Colton Miller. The rest of their offensive line is not better than the Falcons. Andre James, Alex Leatherwood, Brandon Parker, uh, John Simpson. Like, There's no way that you're going to sit here and tell me the Raiders have a better offensive line than the Falcons do. Um, and then you're not going to sit here and tell me, oh, the Raiders have better receivers. Again, that Cowboys game, Cordero Patterson was in that game, right? Kyle Pitts was in that game. Darren Waller didn't play, or at least he, he got injured early and on Thanksgiving and so missed most of the game. So you're not going to sit here and tell me that Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, and, and Cordero Patterson are significantly worse trio to be throwing to for Derek Carr, you know, for Matt Ryan to be throwing to than Derek Carr throwing to Hunter Renfro, Deshaun Jackson, and, and St. Jones. They're, it's not So, you know, the, the Raiders are showing up. Um, you know, they're actually trying, you know, again, they struggled the last couple of weeks in, in part due to the same talent deficiencies that the Falcons have, but at least they're getting like 13, 14 points on the board. They're not getting completely shut out. So, um, you know, I would argue that's good coaching, but you know, I know that's a crazy idea here in Atlanta to some folks, but, uh, we'll move on and, and answer Marcilio Leite's question at Mark Z Leo. I'm sorry, butchered your Twitter handle. Um, in case to spend some money on black Friday, what actual player Jersey would you buy? Uh, currently on the team, I would only probably buy the Kyle Pitts Jersey. Um, if you were going historical, then probably Deion Sanders. Uh, Anthony White at Georgia Pride 8 on Twitter asks, ideal Thanksgiving meal, including desserts and what you would drink. Um, I don't discriminate on Thanksgiving. I, I'm, I'm, you know, my plate is free and available. I don't, you know, I want everybody. I want, you know, I want everybody to bring a side or, or whatever the case may be. And, and I want to pile it all on my plate. I want to try everything. You know, to me, Thanksgiving is an eater's holiday and I want to eat as much. It's, it's to me, I'm Joey Chestnut. Uh, you know, on July 4th, eating the hot dogs with Thanksgiving. I want to stuff myself until I'm sick and, and full and whatever the case may be. So my ideal meal is basically a meal in which, you know, there's 30 people and they all brought a different side that I can get the chance to try. So that's it. And, and dessert, pies, cakes, whatever. I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, you know, the more food, the better. So there you guys have it. Um, we will wrap up our Black Friday Q&A right there. And 
You know, before we duck out of here, I want to let you guys know about Locked On Bets. If maybe you made a little bit of money, maybe you want to make a little bit of money this weekend. Uh, and of course, Locked On Bets has you covered there with handicapping expert Lee Sterling, giving you his daily picks, his blowout specials, and his lock of the day. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast free and available on a variety of podcast platforms. And if you want to send in your questions to be ridiculed on our next Q&A, of course, you can do so by hitting me up on Twitter at Locked On Falcons, on Facebook at Locked On Falcons, or you can send an email to LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. And of course, you can leave a comment on the Locked On Falcons YouTube page and make sure you hit give us that thumbs up. Hey, and if you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever the case may be, and you haven't given us five stars by all means do so if you haven't given us five stars because you only want to give us one star then you know do you i'm not going to tell you how to live your life but i'm going to sit here and tell you that there will be uh comeuppance and, and retribution for that one star i will find you um and and don't think i won't uh but uh you know please rate us and review us as as many stars that you think we deserve here on the lockdown falcons podcast guys and that will do it for us we'll be back on sunday evening to give you that rapid reaction to whatever happens between the Falcons and Jaguars. Um, and uh, we'll just sort of have to see if, if the Falcons uh, don't disappoint us again um, and, and show up, you know, like the Raiders. I don't know. So there you guys have it. Appreciate you for tuning in. I hope you guys have had a great uh, holidays. If you're traveling this weekend to return home, you know, from uh, frolicking with your families, by all means, be safe. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't go too crazy. Uh, punching people on, on Black Friday if you're out uh, listening to this uh, while shopping. So, uh, you know, just relax, take it easy, you know, check out Built Bar, you know, just let the shopping come to you. So that'll do it for us here today, guys, on Lockdown Falcons. Appreciate it. Until then. <laughs>